Everybody, I'm Peter, and I'm dangerously competitive. I would appreciate if he could upgrade his attitude. It's Mike. Welcome to Rebels Rebels, the podcast that explores the Star Wars expanded universe through an episode-by-episode deep dive into the Star Wars animated series, Rebels. Yeah, you know, we don't say this enough, but please, please, please leave us a review on iTunes. Subscribe. Tell your friends. Let's say that right up top. You know, we love sharing this podcast with people and we've met some we've met some very fun and cool people through this podcast. So please spread the word. It really helps us out. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess I don't really have anything to chat about specifically. Um, I'm excited. We're coming up on a very fun episode and we're gonna do something special for the next episode. So please stay tuned. Otherwise, you ready to jump into this, Mike? I am ready. Are you ready? Yeah. Let's do it. Let's mix up a quick space refresher and recap what happened in episode 17 of season 3. Double Agent Droids. Mm. Chopper, AP-5 Wedge, are sent on a mission to an Imperial facility to steal access codes for the factory on Lothal. AP-5 is successful in locating and stealing these codes. Meanwhile, Chopper accesses the Imperial network and draws the attention of the Controller, a.k.a. Nerd Lobot, an <laughs> Imperial agent who controls an advanced spy ship. Using his ship's capabilities like that movie Hacker, the controller remotely seizes control of Chopper, intending to use him to locate the rebel base. With their mission successful, Chopper, AP-5, and Wedge head back to rendezvous with the ghost. AP-5 begins to suspect something is wrong with Chopper because he is acting uncharacteristically kind. The rest of the crew thanks AP-5 and tell him that he is just squabbling with Chopper again though Hera begins to have her suspicions as well. The controller then used Chopper to lock the crew in the cargo hold while he attempts to hack the ghost's computer and find the location of the rebel base. But AP-5 manages to override the door controls and save the day. Mm. Angry that the Imperials have harmed her droid, Hera counteracts the signal and sends it back to the controller, kills everyone. Chopper <laughs> returns to normal and AP-5 is saved from mm. the depths of his lovely space dream and brought back. Can't <laughs> wait to talk about that. We'll get there. Yeah. yeah. I also like that you mentioned that the controller controlled Chopper. Yeah. I feel like whoever named that probably is the same person who named the Wayfinder. They're like, what? It finds the way. Yeah. It's very <laughs> literal. So much of this episode is very literal. Yeah. But that brings us to this episode's theme, which is... The Curse of Cassandra. Mm. The term Curse of Cassandra originates in Greek mythology. Cassandra was the daughter of Priam, the king of Troy. 
Struck by her beauty, Apollo provided her with the gift of prophecy. But when Cassandra refused Apollo's romantic advances, he placed on her a curse that would ensure nobody believes her warnings. This is a super problematic revenge hate kind of thing a lot of guys do. Oh yeah, well, you're ugly anyways. I don't want to go out with you. Um, so the curse of Cassandra um, is often used to refer to moments when truth tellers and future seers are not believed. So the problem here is that sometimes people just don't believe you. A character may try their hardest to tell someone that their parents are actually supervillains and that they need their help <laughs> to bring them down or that aliens have landed in the backyard and are plundering the kitchen or that the nice grandpa in the flat above is actually an evil, bloodthirsty creature from another dimension. But the authorities just look at you like you're crazy and send you packing. What's a lone protagonist to do? You can probably think of quite a few films and shows that employ this kind of dramatic irony, a tactic that builds tension through disbelief. So in Robert A. Henling's Time Enough for Love, Lazarus Long tells the best two ways to tell a lie. Either tell the truth, but not all of it, or tell the truth and maybe even all of it, but do so in a way that the person just knows you have to be lying. So there is a common staple of Disney and children films where the kid hero stumbles upon a evil conspiracy or criminal ring or their parents and the police refuse to believe them. The only thing to do is save the day yourself. If the protagonist trying to report the situation works for someone who can actually do something about it, like an FBI agent or um, you know the, the person in charge, it's not so much that they don't believe them, but that they are actually tied to the masterminding of the plot itself and have reason to see it through. So this storytelling device is employed to maintain a masquerade. If a minor character like AP5 finds out and tries to tell someone that Chop has been compromised, they won't be believed because who would ever think that the sarcastic, lovable, and often murderous Chop could really <laughs> be an Imperial spy? Often, though, it's because they're horrible at wording, so it sounds genuinely insane. AP5 didn't do himself any favors by barging in on Wedge's refreshing. <laughs> in the end, the character is often redeemed, unlike Cassandra herself, and the truth will out. That's usually in the final act of the plot, and everyone learns their lesson. We will believe you when you cry wolf next time. That's why this episode's theme is The Curse of Cassandra. Mm, you said that you said Cassandra didn't make it out? Uh, no, she was forever cursed. Oh. With clairvoyance. Oh. And it's weird because in TV shows, I feel like sometimes characters are named Cassandra, and it's just like mm -hmm. way too on the nose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I like that. That is very interesting. Um, yeah, I think you nailed it on the head. And I also think that that is such a worn out and oft used yeah. plot device that yeah. it really bores me. Oh, it's super boring. Yeah. The, the plot device in itself is so boring. Yeah. And it's usually used for, yeah, it's usually, like I said, a Disney thing. Yeah. So, I mean, 
Spoilers, yeah. maybe for how I feel, but there there isn't much to in terms of weight to this episode. I mm-hmm. felt like it was a real slog. We were hitting a run of great episodes, and then all of a sudden, it just like screeches to a. This halt. is a clear filler, clear, clear yeah. filler. There's a yeah. Besides a couple of like foreboding elements, it's like yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I mean, the one thing, another kind of theme that I saw in this too um and i think hera even mentions it is this is just a story about ego um which a lot of star wars is you know hera says uh oh no not hera ap5 says lieutenant Antilles, you are mistaking my attention to detail for an attack on your obviously fragile ego I don't get it, AP-5. Why are you so surprised Hera picked me for this mission? Your grasp of protocol is sorely lacking. Imperial pilots never remove their helmets in flight. I know. I was top of my class at the Imperial Academy. Oh, Lieutenant Antilles, you are mistaking my attention to detail for an attack on your obviously fragile ego. Um, and I think that's kind of indicating of something that I hadn't really noticed in Star Wars Indicative in of something. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> I, have a pet, I have a pet peeve. No, good. I'm glad. Um, and so, you know, this is just like a very classic, like, whatever you can do, I could do better. No, I'm the leader. No, I'm the leader. No, I'm the leader. And we've yeah. seen that a couple times in this between like, you know, Zeb and Ezra had that little kind of pissing match for a while. The only um, reason, yeah. And the only reason I don't think that theme sees through, though, is once they get mm-hmm. on board... It, um, I feel like once they come back and the plot is kind of brought back to the main characters, mm-hmm. the ego thing kind of drops and it just becomes about this silly. Yeah. It's, it's like people just don't believe them. Mm-hmm. That's AP five. Yeah, no, that's true. It's, uh, this is more in the first half of the, yeah. the story. Um, and it, you know, I'm trying to think of, it feels like the only person in the entire crew who has a secure ego and is Hera. <laughs> yeah, or it would be probably Kanan, but he's been MIA for episodes. Yeah, that's true. Um, and so I was just thinking about that and I actually found an interesting story about ego and male fragility in an article in the Contemporary Science Fiction Dossier, which I have a subscription to. Sure. Um, it was written by Nicole Venito, um, who's a writer and feminist scholars. Uh, studies scholar um, and the title of the article is that lightsaber belongs to me patriarchal anxiety and the fragility of white man's masculinity in the force awakens yeah, I'm, I'm stretching for the application to this episode well i was i was just looking at the theme of going through so it talks about um, Kylo battling his like inner turmoil, steeped in the fear of his own. It looks through just general themes of masculinity, looking at the lightsaber as a patriarchal um, like artifact that's been passed through these strong men from father to father or father to son. Um, and I was looking at the ties in of, because I think maybe you're glossing over the beginning part. It like almost made me turn it off because it was all just a giant pissing match between Chopper and AP5 for the entire first half of the episode. I was put in charge. (laughs) Well, it is not your mission, it is mine. Captain Sindula was specific about this being my operation due to my skill set and experience. 
Can you two argue somewhere else? I will have you know anything you can do, I can do better. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. That includes even being a rebel spy. My programming is superior to yours. Yes, it is. And it just made me want to turn it tune out. Just the whole thing about like... Yeah, but I don't think it was ego-driven because they're droids. I think it was... Well, that's the interesting thing I want to bring up because they literally talk about it's like, no, I'm better than you. You can't do this. I could do it better than you, blah, 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 blah. Um, and it's a weird thing. We've talked about how, you know, they program like anger and these weird emotions into some of their droids. It really does feel like they programmed ego into this. Like why mm. would Chopper or why would AP5 think he can do something outside of his programming, like be a spy better than chopper for example to the point where he's going to make bad decisions that's going to sabotage the entire mission only the rebels only the rebels have it though if if you which is odd imperial droids don't possess that Mm -hmm. so why is it just rebel droids yeah and i think that's interesting because we've talked about this that there's that weird thing where if you don't memory wipe your droids then they start to develop personalities um, and the Empire seems to memory wipe their droids way more because they see their droids as tools. They don't see them as companions or friends or even equals in some cases um, where the rebels are much more open-hearted to that type of thing. Um, mm-hmm. And so that maybe leads to problems with the crew. And this would be an example because I wouldn't have as much of an issue with it if it literally didn't sabotage the... Like they ch- they split up in this weird pissing match where it's like, fine, I'm gonna just go do it on my own, blah 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 blah, and like that leads to Chopper getting, getting taken over and not having his backup and just like all these weird things that like, they could have literally blown up the mission if they didn't if they you know gave in to their ego, which came very close to doing. Hmm. Yeah, it's just a weird touch for me, and I don't yeah. know why that put me off so much. It, it it is weird. It's a weird. I think yeah. It's the fact that it's it's built in there is weird. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. I don't, did it put me off? It didn't. It didn't put me. The entire episode put me off. Um, <laughs> it's like I don't know if it was that thing specifically. I just kind of mm-hmm. knew from. I knew from the onset that we were about to have another droids in distress. I mean, yeah. the episode was called Double Agent Droids, and I I sighed. Mm-hmm. But I'm trying to think if I replace the droids with like Zeb and um, Ezra, I guess I would have been annoyed, yeah, too, that it's an ego thing. Um, And the other reason I I, I think it applies, and even into the second half, is that quote that I brought up where AP5 is telling Wedge, hey, this is what's going on. I know what's going on, and Wedge won't believe him. And he says straight up that you think I'm attacking your ego. Like part of what what is turning Wedge off to listening to AP5 is he's like, you're just a droid. I'm yeah. a man. I know better than you. Um, like weird undertones of that as well. Mm. Um, so just something weird to point out that, you know, there's they get into a lot of issues with their droids and their droids' emotions. And it just seems like an interesting touch. Yeah. No, you're winning me over the more you talk about it. <laughs> yeah. And the article I brought up, I mean, I'm not going to dive super deep into it because this isn't like a feminist studies podcast. Uh, it was kind of interesting. And it, what I 
thought was interesting was it came out before The Last Jedi even. Mm. It was one of the first things I've ever seen where they started pointing out some of the toxic masculinity in uh, Force Awakens. And they go through a lot of examples, starting with, you know, the men's right boycott because of Daisy Ridley and John Boyega <laughs> cast. That's so funny. I know. it's And then, like, there's all these patriarchal themes um, represented by the lightsaber in the entire series. And they talk about, you know... Luke and Han's kind of pissing match, trying to win over the damsel in distress in the original trilogy. Just a lot of interesting symbolism. Um, did, did you watch Parks and Rec? Yeah, um, Parks and Rec. Remember the uh, the the guys who would always protest, uh, uh, like let men speak, like let men speak, let men speak. If you want to bake a pie, that's great. If you want to have a career, that's great too. Do both or neither, doesn't matter. Just don't judge what someone else has decided to do. I mean, we're all just trying to find the right path for us as individuals. I'd say that's 50-50 booze and cheers. Yeah, that seems about right. Let Ben speak. Let Ben speak. He just spoke. Oh, sorry. I, I just got here. I had a broken bike chain. My bad. I don't know where I'm going with that. Only that I think it's so funny. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I think it's really funny, and I also think it's quite indicative of, of the whole men's rights movement. So. <laughs> men's rights movement is so funny. <laughs> yeah. I can't. It's 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 difficult because I, I I can't even. It's hard to not take it as a joke, even when you just hear it. We are sick and tired of this feminized society. Men have had a very rough go of it for just recently, and it ends now. Male and proud. <laughs> it's just yeah. like you guys aren't serious right i yeah. kind of want to go to a rally because no, i think you don't, trust me <laughs> have you been to one no but oh, okay i don't know just because i think it's so ridiculous it yeah it's so rid- crazy it's so crazy i would i would i i just want to have conversations with all these people <laughs> um, i have a feeling they would be very frustrating conversations I, I guess I guess yeah. I, I don't know that I would be frustrated because I just don't know that I could take anything they say seriously. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe yeah. I'm being optimistic. It's just, <laughs> God, it's silly. I love it. Yeah, I'm just remembering like when we used to work at uh, that coffee shop on Main Street, and there was like the guy with the bullhorn that was like, yelling about Jesus at everyone, <laughs> and like screaming at your face. And I'm like, I just imagine it's a conversation with that guy, just a bullhorn yelling at you. Ooh, but yeah. yeah. Nice, thank you. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was one of my my issues with this episode. The other issue is it seemed like some very interesting plot contrivances. Mm. Um, and we talked about this a little yeah, bit in our Rise of Skywalker review, but it just felt like a lot of quote-unquote cool stuff shoveled in without doing the work to make it actually make sense. It was almost, there was some stuff that was almost cool. Almost cool. The only <laughs> things that were actually, well, I'll, I'll say it for the end, but okay. the the Lobot, you know, let's let's use mm-hmm. a bunch of Lobots, was, is an interesting idea just yeah. done so poorly that it was a shame. It was a shame. Yeah. Because it's, it's fa- interesting. It's interesting yeah. to be like, what if there's a ship full of Lobots that are basically like, hackers who like run like i'm like that's interesting (laughs) yeah i'm trying to think of a term that i can use for this thing that's a pet peeve of mine like plot cheating or something like that where it's just like so for example they get locked in the cargo bay yeah and why doesn't ezra ezra have his lightsaber when they're locked in there i don't know shrug 
because it would be cooler if he didn't. Or like the lock of for the cargo bay is on the outside of the ship. Why? I don't know. Shrug. Like we oh we won't ever need that. So let's put it on the out. Like who, I don't know. That seems yeah. weird to me. Um, I, yeah. And like the whole ending where Hera sends power back to the surveillance ship. Like how's that work? What it's just like. All right, now time to do the death button, and she just presses a button. How's that work? I don't know. Shrug. Yeah, it just like I, felt like a lot of cool stuff just like shoved in. Yeah, it's it. I'm a I'm a I I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm a little mm-hmm. bit on the other side of the page where, well, it's tough because with Star Wars we have this like story group who like when I see them on Twitter talking with people, I'm a little like. Why would you do that? Um, <laughs> who like are there to answer every question and make everything make sense? You know, like this. And I don't love that they they doing that. That they do that um, because I'm like, we need to have some suspension of disbelief. As like, I don't want there to be a whole group dedicated to pandering to annoying fans. Yeah, and it's like there are some things we're gonna have to go like, oh, I don't know, but. Because, because story, like we've become, we've become like consumers of like of, of plots in such a way that we, things need to be airtight. Mm -hmm. Um, and certain things do need to be, but certain things I'm okay with just believing that it's, it's, it's this for this, or it's like, or, and we are an analytical podcast. So of course we are going to do this, but, um, there's some things I'm just going to be like, yeah, I don't need an answer for that. Like it's fine. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. because or else I wouldn't enjoy rebels at all because the whole <laughs> thing is filled. You know, we talked, we joked about this so much in the first season where it was just like every escape was through a vent and every mm-hmm. like, you know, and there was no security cameras anywhere. So it was fine, but there are security cameras, but just mm-hmm. not everywhere. Yeah. And I think I'm glad you brought that up because you are totally right. Um, and I'm not, I'm not trying to make this like a, you broke physics in Star Wars. It's like someone shouldn't be able to do X, Y, Z or Leia can't breathe in space for that long. This is stupid because it doesn't apply to earth physics. It's more of just like, if you're going to do something within the plot and we've, we've brought up that I'm not a huge fan of having stakes via plot. Yeah. Um, but if you're going to do something within the plot, I feel like you need to do the work to make it work within the story not that you need to do the work to make it explain it and make it airtight um like the lightsaber thing it's a small thing but like yeah just just put a scene of just yeah of just like ezra just put it away or something like that yeah and so it's like it's like chekhov's gun thing you see a gun in the beginning of the in the first act it's going to be used in the third act yeah they just kind of like you know or even just a line like oh we like the like the locks for the cargo bay are on the outside because engineers need to blah, 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 blah. Like don't do it that like ham fistedly, but like, yeah. like it doesn't make any sense why that would be the case other than they wanted to set up this spacewalk yeah. d- device within the plot. Yeah. And so if you're fair. just doing yeah. things just because in your mind you have a setting and you have like a plot point you want to put in there, I'm a little bit more wary about that than something that's just like, you know, Han's like, tube comes out of his pants when he's in empire strikes back so he should suffocate when he's in the space worm yeah like that stuff i'm like eh, whatever yeah Um, i don't know (laughs) if that makes any sense maybe it's just i'm extra grumpy about this episode i'm willing to admit that (laughs) no it's it's a um 
I wouldn't say it's a bad episode. Mm-hmm. Um, spoiler alert that I'm feeling a little more optimistic about this episode than I, I should have. Mm-hmm. And I guess I'm just going to jump ahead because I keep alluding to it only yeah. because I thought the point part at the end is so funny <laughs> with him singing and like baby space whales surrounding him. Yeah. I'm in a world all my own. I do not feel alone. It's easy to see. I fit perfectly in this wonderful, beautiful suit. No, 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 go away. I was so happy. I thought it was so good that I was like, that scene alone redeems a (laughs) terrible episode for me and really endears me to AP5. Because it like just like it doubles down on yeah. his personality and goes like, no, he really likes to be alone. He's not being like sarcastically like, oh, I hate this. Um, and then like, but secretly loves it because <laughs> yeah. it's like an advanced personality trait. He really he's like an introvert droid. And I love it. <laughs> and that Disney-esque I'm singing this song about being alone yeah. was I'm mind blown that they got away with that. Like, I don't yeah. know how they were able to do that. And I think it's so funny. Yeah. I, I admire that as well. I think at first I was really, I was put off on it. Really? But it was immediate. Oh my God. <laughs> first, I was just like, this is so silly. But the more I think about it, I do, I do actually enjoy it a lot. <laughs> um, and I like, so the reason I like it is, and they talk about this in Rebels Recon, Dave Filoni just literally thought it would be funny. and was like, all right, whatever. We're doing it. I just think it's funny. And like, I think it's really funny. Yeah. It's like, ever, we used to like edit videos together and we'd always say, if it makes you grin, leave it in. Like, that's what this reminded me of. I'm just like, I don't care if it makes sense. It just it's, makes me happy. So let's put it in. And I really, really appreciate the fun they're having with that. Yeah. I, and, and this is the episode to do it in because yeah. it's a bad episode. Because it, totally. there's a couple things. And I'll, I'll, I'll like, I'll list them that mm-hmm. I think are, there's one thing that I think is like, okay, that's, I mean, it doesn't redeem this episode, but it's like, um, it's, it's basically the controller says that the rebels have a 31% chance of actually using clearance codes for Lothal, <laughs> they stall. And I think this is hinting at, you know, that future, that, the, that future episode, which I was, is, fine it's not unconsequential but i'm like okay well there's something there there's also i don't know now i'm just kind of gonna i'm just gonna go through my list and talk about things. <laughs> the only yeah. other thing i was we, thought was funny and i was weirded out by was um zeb when uh god what happens when wedge says that ap5 went in on him in the refresher which it's really <laughs> funny that we're like, I don't know that yeah. it's called the refresher, and I, I, I know that goes back to like that X Wings thing. Yeah. Um, well, did you also know that in Revenge of the Sith, I thought he Obi Wan always hid in a closet on he hid Padme's in the ship. Yeah, yeah, he hangs out in the refresher. He just locks yeah. himself in the toilet for the well, trip. I think it's problematic. I think it's not problematic. I think it's <laughs> concerning that Zeb says, "Oh, he's done that to me before." So <laughs> apparently, AP five. Likes to barge in on people using the restroom. Yeah, weird, very odd. Which, which is fits his personality because he doesn't yeah. care. No, 
Yeah. Um, I, I also, I think this is around the same time. So you're, you're talking about when he's barging in and choppers being, uh, extra nice. And he offers wedge a drink at that point. Yeah. Do you know what he offers him to drink? Uh, no. <laughs> blue milk. <laughs> okay. So he gives him a carton of blue milk. And I also learned, do you know what animal blue milk comes from? No. Banthas. So that's <laughs> bantha milk. <laughs> I don't know. I, I didn't that. know that. <laughs> that's weird. <laughs> yeah, that is weird. Um, and then the, I had one, actually only one other note about the the musical number, which I thought was kind of cute because we've discussed that the crew or the cast often records together in the same location. Oh, okay. Um, and Stephen Stanton, who voices AB5, they saved his singing part for last so that they could be like, all right, we're done for the day. All right, Steve, just like stand, stay behind. We'll finish this one thing. Everyone else can go home. But everyone stayed. <laughs> just oh, the funny. entire crew just sat there and watched him sing this song. That's so good. <laughs> I thought that was really funny and cute. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's good. Um, you mentioned earlier the controller who controls things. Oh, well, yeah, we, we really haven't <laughs> talked about. Yeah. Can I talk about the one, this episode... I hate glasses. I hate that he's wearing glasses. Oh, I have a note about that, but yeah. I don't understand. I don't. It. I just don't have him wear glasses, and I would have been fine with so much of him. Okay. It's funny because you're in good company in your mind because George Lucas specifically said he never wanted glasses to show up in his in his series. Yeah, it, it doesn't make sense that he's wearing glasses. It doesn't make sense to me. So the reason he's wearing glasses... Um, the controller, his name is actually LT319. He is voiced by Josh Gad, who's kind of a big star. Um, he was, he's a, was it Olaf. He's the snowman in oh, Frozen. Wow. And, uh, yeah, he's yeah. like the original dude on, uh, yeah, he's in on lot. Book wow. of Mormon. Yeah. He's like a big star, but Josh Gad voiced the controller and he's modeled to look like Pablo Hidalgo, Ugh. which is why he's wearing glasses out of here and that now makes glasses canon going against the wishes of george yeah i do not like it i do not it just you would have seen them before yeah like spokoon is are those not glasses do we not count that or those those goggles swimming goggles no because he's like he like needs them to like for to be outside of his environment yeah i guess those aren't aren't optical it's not like he was born with cataracts. It's like, because <laughs> I've always yeah. just assumed they have the medical science to fix that. Mm-hmm. Totally. Like, not that that disease doesn't exist, but apparently they mm-hmm. have the technology. Because you would have thought in the first six films, you would have seen one person wearing glasses. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think the only just, I couldn't find any information on glasses in the universe other than George Lucas didn't want them. So I'm, this is a guess, is the only thing I can think is that they're not for his eyesight. Maybe it's like a, yeah. computer readout that shows extra yeah. data or something like yeah. that but that's what again, i thought too but then make them like the other people's visors you know what i mean yeah which i don't even like their cool shade visors i don't know <laughs> yeah yeah it's weird um but the they are on an igv55 surveillance vessel which is a modified cruiser we've seen these cruisers before this one they just put a bunch of like satellite dishes on it so now it's a spy ship <laughs> um the design of it um 
is based on real world AWACS, which are planes. Um, and the operation center aboard the ship staffed by the controller was inspired by the movie THX 1138. Okay. Um, cause I guess there's like spy people there looking at monitors. Sure. I haven't seen that movie. Uh, it's been so long. Yeah. But that's kind of what it was inspired by. Hmm. Um, and you said they have Lobot heads. It is kind of implied if you look at some of the, extra canon sources that remember Sibo in the yeah. first season mm-hmm. it's implied that this is the arm of the empire that he defected from and that's why he had the lobot head as well okay don't mind so it. it's like a security apparatus where they are specifically like the police state like monitoring transmissions intercepting yeah. spy stuff and gathering information makes sense yeah and so this ship as they mentioned and this kind of goes back to one of the things that you were you were talking about is they were tasked by Thrawn to look specifically into incursions on Imperial sites by droid operatives because usually the Empire ignores and underestimates droids, mm. um, which is why the Rebels use that so much to their advantage, using droids as spies. Um, and in the words of Dave Filoni in Rebels Recon, Thrawn doesn't ignore anything. So that yeah. is one of the things that keeps that get keeps him one step ahead of other Imperials. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um mm. the only other things is, that I have, honestly, there's not a ton to talk about this. Is I thought this was kind of a cool setting. This planet. It's called Helen seventy one. Yeah, it's 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 cool, like visual going into yeah. it, but then cool. you don't really get any of it after. Yeah, that's all. I'm yeah, just visually like it's kind of like green, misty, yeah. jagged edges. It's just a cool yeah. visual. It um, it's likely yeah. named after director Killian Plunkett, who we have seen on Rebels Recon a lot. Who was born in nineteen seventy one, so that's why it's Killian seventy one. And originally this episode would be on a Rishi station, which we have seen before. And it was in the, it was in the first season of Clone Wars. Um, and that's like the, you see the baby, like space whales you're talking about. Those are called Nibre. Mm. Um, and those are little baby Nibres that we, uh, that we saw in Clone Wars as well. So that's mm. why they have their, they're bi- biologically related to Tibbetes and Minox. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, they were going to return to that planet, which we've seen before, but instead this is a new, it's a moon technically, Killen 71. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. Other than that, I really don't have much else. There isn't a ton plot wise in this. No. I don't know. Do you have any wedge feelings? How do you feel about wedge being kind of the main go-to person in this? Whatever. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Wedge is a nothing in, in this episode, in this series for me so far. Yeah. It's, it's Which is a bummer because he seemed like a cool, cool character in the old EU. Yeah. Inconsequential. Um, yeah. yeah. Which is a shame. Yeah. Uh, Only other little Easter egg is there's that female droid we hear named PZ7. And yeah. there's also a female intelligence officer. Those were both voiced by Vanessa Marshall, who does Hera. So she voices three voices in this episode. Hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, it, <laughs> yeah. There was, I, I was, try, I'm trying to just think through like this episode a little bit because I didn't love it, mm-hmm. and I don't think we're supposed to love it. The end super saves it to me, like really, yeah. really saves it. Um, 
but uh, there was at 1740. I do really like the way he says success. <laughs> um, and I, I think it, I thought it was funny. And I want uh, you to drop that clip in. He goes, success. Okay. Data transfer at 50%. Success. Perfect. And I was actually, I was like, oh, that's not bad voice acting because it's so silly. That would be a good, um, just like a good clip for us to just have on hand if we had a soundboard like a morning. Yes, I really, really like, want that. Success. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right, let me ask this one. Well, let's go out on this one last question. When in, in the beginning, when there's the pissing match between AP5 and Chopper, are you team AP5 or team Chop? Neither. Of them. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm starting to be more endeared to AP5. Yeah. Um, they're equally they they either one of them could get the job done though it doesn't matter yeah um I don't I'm not gonna take a side of them because I don't I don't love either one of them okay I do you know what this this may break your heart I'm not a super big chopper fan and simply because of the thing AP five did at the end I think I'm a bigger <laughs> AP five fan now because of the musical number? because of the musical number Fair. I am more of an AP five fan now because that is freaking hilarious yeah. Like it's genuinely very clever to me. Yeah, <laughs> good. I can't think about it and not grin. I know. I mean, if it's silly, I live for the silly. So yeah. that's right. I mean, up how about alley. you? You sound like you have an opinion. Oh no, I really don't. I'm just trying to think of anything to make this episode more interesting. <laughs> I mean, uh, no. it's interesting because I think, well, it's it's they both have their strengths. I think. Chopper is clearly more adept to infiltrating Imperial sites and more um, like that is his strength. And I think AP five is, has more strategic strength. And so if they would have learned to work together, that would have been nice, Um, but they both couldn't see past their egos. So I don't think there is a team that you can really side with other than, yeah, I probably like Chopper as a character a little more than AP five, but AP5 really grew in my estimation after this one. Yeah. He gets a little better. Um, yeah. Yeah. What a what a <laughs> weird one. Yeah. Definitely. And yeah. It's just weird. We did it though. We talked about it. We did it. <laughs> this is, there's a couple episodes you just have to check off. We check this one yeah. off. Like fine. Okay. Perfect. All right, should we uh, jump into uh, how we end every episode is with a grading scale based Mm -hmm. on our current most favorite thing to current least favorite thing in Star Wars. Peter, what would you rate this episode? Uh, My favorite thing is Ray pulling the lightsaber out of the snow and whirring, whizzing, flying past Kylo Ren's face. My least favorite thing is everything C-3PO does at any time other than in the original trilogy this episode is C-3PO's head being dragged across the ground in Attack of the Clones and him going, what a drag, which Ooh. is a D. It just makes me roll oh. my eyes. That is harsh. Yeah, sorry. I'm, I'm not feeling great about this one. But I get it. It's a drag. It is. It is a drag. <laughs> um, so on a scale of the entirety of the 1997 releases, everything about them, Mm-hmm. To Obi-Wan and Darth Maul's final battle that is our next episode. Can you believe it? Oh my god. It um it's Stay gonna be a it's gonna be a blowout episode. We've got some cool stuff planned. 
Um, I would rate, I'm going to give this episode two ratings. Okay. Hold on. So on the episode entirety, I rate this episode a BB-8 in the show Resistance. <laughs> a show I don't like and I don't love that they have to use a droid that we know to make it better. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a failure. Um, so I just I just dropped a bomb there, potentially <laughs> to a lot of listeners. Um, yeah. but it's Sorry, Tony Marie. It's a bad show. It's don't hate us. Unsympathetic characters who have who are privileged. Um, sorry, whew, heavy one there. Um, <laughs> we're coming out swinging on this one. Yeah. So that's like a D. All right. um, but if I could just rate the final <laughs> AP five moment, I would give this episode just that moment. I would give it a. K2SO saying that answer was vague and unconvincing, which he's my favorite droid of all time. Yeah. And I think that line is one of his best of all time. Um, so that moment is an A plus, an A plus moment, like a, a <laughs> moment that I could put in my top 10 moments of Star Wars because I think it is, it's about the level of, of wonderful I want. Yeah. And I think you just really feel AP5 in that moment. I do. You're just I'm like, like everyone oh. leave me alone. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> it's space whales floating around you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. beautiful. Yeah. So great. Do you know what? I'm so glad that, that there was a moment. Uh, <laughs> without that moment, this would have been better than droids in distress, but not, but like not by much. Mm-hmm. You know, in some ways, Star Wars is all about little moments. So. Oh, this is a great. beautiful little moment. Great. Well said. <laughs> Disagree, but well said. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to end on a positive No, I'm totally note. just kidding. Yeah, okay, cool. Well, please, as I mentioned, leave us a review on iTunes. Check us out on the internet at Rebels Rebels Pod at on Instagram or Twitter, or you can email us at RebelsRebelsPod at gmail.com and stay tuned for a very special episode coming up next. It's a big one. Yeah, this was Mike's idea, and I think we're going to do something a little special for an episode that is one of the standouts in this series or even the entire series of Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would agree. Yeah. I would agree. Yeah, and we're working hard on D&D episodes, trying to pump those out in our hiatus that is coming up soon. We're coming close to wrapping this up. I'm very excited to get on to our hiatus and then season four. So thank you for all of y'all that have stuck with us throughout all of this. You're stars. (laughs) You are all stars. Yep. Hey, now. And if, (laughs) hey, do you know, I'm going to throw this out there. Mm -hmm. If you've listened this far into the episode of this show, of this episode, this show, you've listened to this far. I am going to say, if you email the show at rebelsrebelspod at mm-hmm. gmail, uh, within within the first week of this being released, just send an email to the show to everyone who sends an email to the show saying, hey, listen to this episode. Um, I will send you a pen, pin. Oh. A, yeah, we've got some pins left over. Yeah. Um, barring we have them in stock still. Yeah. It's something I wanted to do because we still have them. 
Great. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Cool. Yeah. And then we'll finally get some of those emails you've been looking for. I've been to. I've been waiting for a reason to have an email address. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sweet. All right. You want this? You want it? Yeah. Until next time, remember to be brave out there. And don't look back. Don't look back. Peace. Sweet.